This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by the returning Damon McDonald. It is Sunday 30th of October 2022. This is episode 232. Uh, ben um, speaks for a lot of listeners who've been writing in Damon. He says, no question this week, just a welcome back, Damon. It's great to have you back on the podcast. We missed you. Ah, thank you. Uh, I wish I could say it was under uh, wonderful circumstances, like a holiday somewhere, uh, lying on the beach. But no, unfortunately, it was uh, shit, <laughs> a shitty two weeks uh, all around the McDonald household. But um, we are fine. We will get through and electric boogaloo. So, yes, happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> Thank you for and and also let me just say that um excellent job as always by you Joel uh steering the ship and a great job once again by uh going to the bullpen and getting uh, help from Chris Sampson which is always awesome to hear um what a great dude he is and Booz Leprechaun Nicole once again hitting it out of the park so Look, we have we have a uh, vast resource we can tap when needed. So uh, much appreciated. Yes, I had a great time uh, talking to those two. So thank you very much for filling in. And well, you mentioned Halloween, David. Uh, any favorite spooky movies? I know you're not a huge fan of them, but uh, have you got any that you going to be popping on over the next couple of days? Um. Yes, it's called the Phillies World Series. <laughs> it's a scary well, movie. It sounded quite exciting. You you won, didn't you? You had a big comeback. We had yes. Game one was was yeah. We came down from five runs, which was the team's pretty amazing in that. They're very resilient. Um, and the strategy here, Joel, is best of seven, right? So, uh, you the the team with the better record gets two games in their ballpark and then it moves to three games in you know the, the kind of like the underdog position um and to get one is 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 tremendous cuz now you got home field advantage and I'm telling you what the fans uh here in Philly are just fucking maniacs they're just maniacs and like they they are a difference maker in, in what the, they can rattle a team so yeah, listen, we split. We lost last night, but that was to be expected. And uh, yeah, we'll go. Uh, we're coming home, and I think we're going to do pretty well. I'm pretty excited about that. So that, that's good news. The Leafs, they stink. They are terrible start to a season. Not terrible, but you know, whatever. Um, now, to answer your question about uh, scary movies, I don't. I don't like to be scared. Like I get, I get angry when I get scared. Like if something scares me, I get, I kind of. I don't know. I just, I get mad. <laughs> like I can't go to like those haunted hayride things and shit like that. Cause I'm just like a fucking, I just don't like being scared at all. Um, but will a, what's my favorite scary Halloween movie? Fuck. Uh, I'll go with the classic 
Nightmare on Elm Street. That's probably yeah, my that's favorite. And, you know, I haven't seen it in years, but I'll go Nightmare on Elm Street. What is yours is is uh, Texas Chainsaw, right? It is. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to throw out a recommendation this year. This is quite a deep cut. So I don't think many people would have heard of this, let alone seen it. So it's called Ghost Watch. I think it was 1992. So it was a, a BBC mockumentary. So at the start, they have on the screen, like, you know, this is all, this is dramatization. This is not real. They're acting, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people miss that. So the way it's presented is like, oh, we've got news reporters going to be spending the night at a spooky haunted house. You know, very sort of English or BBC style. So just the way it's set up and the way it plays out is just really, I think, tremendous. I think it's it's aged really well. So there's nothing sort of overtly horrific in there. It's just very, very well executed. So if you haven't seen it, you, David, or listeners, I would check out Ghostwatch for your Halloween viewing. That sounds awesome, actually. Um, It reminds me of a – so back in the day, in the 80s, uh, like there was always the Cold War and, you know, everything U.S. against Russia and the threat of nuclear devastation and blah, blah, blah. So they had this show – I think it was called The Day After or something like that. And that's exactly kind of how it was with with the the show you just described where it was like, you know – the 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 whole thing was shot around like news footage like like you were watching like like live breaking news going on um and this guy had a nuclear bomb on a pier he was like a like a environmental uh protester and the thing actually went off and blew up the city and shit and fucking it was so scary at the time um yeah the day after I remember fucking or is it is that, was that yeah, the day after I recall which one that was. The similar thing happened with this ghost watch thing that people, a lot of people didn't realize it was fake. Right. And they were writing, there were like thousands of phone calls and letters of complaint. Like, oh, my kids were watching this. They're traumatized now. Rah, rah, rah. It's it. Those type of things. I don't know. I've always had this, like, like even growing up, like I loved it. Again, it wasn't always good news when it happened, but like, I just loved the idea of like breaking news. But back in the day, because it would like interrupt a TV show and be like, uh, Dan Rather, CBS News, breaking news. And then something fucking horrific they would report. But I just, I don't know. I just, there was something about that during that time that it was like, now everything's breaking news. You know, somebody fucking farts and it's breaking news. Um, and I don't, you know, just, I, back then it was just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> well, I, I said, you mentioned uh, the. Maple Leafs earlier. So I don't know if you saw this. So I got a question on Discord from Uncle Howdy. He says, can David speak some sense into Sean Rossap before he enters a lifetime of disappointment? So there's a tweet from Sean Rossap. He said, I've officially embraced the Toronto Maple Leafs as my team. Oh. I'm opening this up for questions. You know what? Listen, I'm going to tell Sean to to pick another team. It's not worth it. You're. It's not worth it. Because you're not. here's the thing. You're not going to stay because you're just going to realize, why am I doing this? I'm killing myself. Um, the thing with the Maple Leafs, Joel, is in the past six years, seven years, they've been a good team, a real fun team to watch, like during the regular season. Just, you know, they would just really play some fun fucking, and come April, they would get their, you know, ass beat and lose in the first round and blah, 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 blah. And they have these great players and all this shit. This season, uh, they, they can't score. They can't do anything. Uh, 
I'm going to tell him to don't. I, I'll tell him to pick like a team like, uh, how about the Detroit Red Wings? They're fun. They uh, up and coming. Get on that. Get, get on the D- D- Detroit Red Wings bandwagon. Stay away from the Maple Leafs. Uh, you're not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Well, as we speak, Damon, I'm watching Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest on my phone. So we've just scored an excellent goal after uh, five minutes. So good times here. I, just, I would just interrupt you if we if, if more goals happen. So please, there we go. please, good keep us up sports. In. Lovely sports. Yes. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> another. <laughs> it's not going to make for a good podcast. No, Forest nearly scored. Oh. I got scared. <laughs> I got scared. Ah, uh, Halloween and everything's scary. All right. Uh, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a little bit. How's everything going with uh, Joel and all these activities and all these oh, kids growing and walking and running and your stomach is getting tore up with a uh, fucking ulcer? What's, what's, what's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, Mali has been in this WhatsApp group with a load of other mothers of kids who were born in like October, November. Okay. So over the last like month or so, every weekend we've had someone's one oh. year birthday party to go to. Oh. Well, you you made that sound. It's been fucking good, good man. Because the food and the oh. drink, I just turn up. I don't talk to anyone. You know, there's a, there's all the dads like hanging out talking about business and golf and stuff. And man's like, do you want to go talk to the other dads? I'm like, fuck no. no. I want the cold cuts. <laughs> I want the drink. Where's the birthday cake? Where's the shrimp? So I'm just sitting on the buffet table, just <laughs> stuffing my face with all this fancy food, just sitting down playing with my kids. And they're like, you don't want to make any new friends? I'm like, nope. Nope. I'm good. I got plenty. Thanks. Ah, that's all right. So then you you, you literally have reservations <laughs> at a restaurant, basically. <laughs> oh, nice. I'll, I'll give them scores. I'm like, well, this wasn't as good as last week's party, yeah. but like, <laughs> yeah. improvement here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had prime rib at this one. This one stinks. Cheese board. Ah, well, that's good. All yeah, right. it was a vegetarian one today. Which actually was wasn't bad. I was okay. I feared the worst when they said, "Oh, everything's vegetarian." I was just like, "Manly, start the car up. We're going home." But <laughs> I came around at the end. It was it was all right. All right. Yeah, I bet you the food's probably fucking tremendous. Yeah. Ah, see, that's good. But uh, but it's just a room full of screaming kids, dude. Oof. It's worse for me because I've got two of the fuckers. So. <laughs> Just <laughs> chasing Esther around, like all the other kids—they're like one-year-old. So a one-year-old can only do so much. I mean, Arthur's right. fairly mobile, but you know he can't—he's little and he's not that fast. So you can usually catch him before he does any serious damage. But just throwing Esther into the mix—they—they they are a wild tag team. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they're fucking bushwhackers running around. Ah, oh, yeah, that's that seems very stressful, very tiring. You got to be exhausted. Are you exhausted? Would you say in a given day, you stop and pause and be like, I'm so fucking tired. How many times a day do you just stop and say, I'm fucking exhausted? Yeah. I don't have time to be tired, man. I'm just, there's there's too much going on. Uh, If I sort of stop and think about it, it's when I stop doing stuff that I realize how tired I am. So I just have to keep going. Um, I've just come to terms with the fact I'm never going to get as much sleep as I want. I'll get as much as I need, but right. uh, the, the the fun and the joy of parenting more than make up for it. Like we went to the beach for a couple of days uh, during our October break and 
staying at this nice resort. I can't remember if I've told this story already, but uh, turn around for one minute, turn back, Esther's disappeared. Oh. Where was she? She'd run to the beach. She was in the fucking ocean. Oh, my God. Chest. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly they can get into shit, right? Just fucking seconds. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she's fearless. Like, there's none of that sort of separation anxiety, like wanting to stay close to mum or dad. She, she was just, I don't know where she was, think she was going. She was going like, to swim across the Pacific or something. <laughs> she's doing shots at the bar. <laughs> Tequila, another well, one. Uh, yeah, that, no, that's what happened today. She was dipping her finger into people's shots of gin. Although, oh, like, why there were shots of gym within within reach of children, <laughs> I don't know. But oh my goodness, did she like it? <laughs> was, she, was she going back for more? She like, oh, no, she's, she's great. She's quite fussy when it comes to her gin. <laughs> <laughs> really, shuts your brandy. Shuts your brandy after her uh, bottle. Um, well, good for good for them. You know, they're exploring. What? What? Speaking of booze, I went to a Japanese bar last night, like a oh, yeah. izakaya style place, you know, best best kinds of place to go. So I was having a drink with my friend and I ordered a drink, which was uh, shochu, you know, that kind of spirit that they put in you know, shit like high, uh, strong zeros and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, that, soda water, a red chili and a shiso leaf. What's shiso? I can't remember what that is in English. Uh, um... do, you know, do you know the leaf I mean? It's like a, looks a, Beef beef steak plant or perilla perilla leaf. Okay, it's fucking okay. disgusting. Right, <laughs> like two, two I was just like, this is horrible. <laughs> Why okay, did like, I just have the grape sour? <laughs> yeah, can I just have a glass of water, please? Uh, I did. I tell. Wait, I, this is like catch up episode. I know that. Thirteen minutes in, we haven't talked one fucking thing about wrestling, but okay, we will. Um, did, did I tell you I did that fucking chip challenge? No, you didn't. Fuck, I did. The yes, one chip I did. challenge. The one chip challenge. Why? Why did you? Do- I was drunk. Did you not learn from my mistake? <laughs> I was drunk. You know, I make terrible decisions when I drink. Um, Stealing yeah. my gimmick, my friend. You know, I, I know. Let me tell you something. I have a newfound respect for you, in the sense that you did that. And I mean, I mean, you didn't no sell it, but it wasn't like you were you were just kind of like okay, you know, it's hot, blah 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 blah. Dude, I felt it's like disgusting my, though. It was dis- it, it was horrible. It tasted bad. Yes, yes. Like putting the spiciness to one side, like the spices. Yeah, it was really spicy, but it just tasted like dog shit. Yeah, it was like eating a shoe. Yeah. Um, and then your tongue turns blue and shit. I don't know, but. Uh, it, did, you get, I, did you get stomach cramps? Stomach cramps? Dude, I felt every organ in my body shutting down. <laughs> I felt my liver stop, my kidney shut down. Yeah, everything. Uh, like, there was liquid coming out of every hole in my body. <laughs> Let's put it that way. My nose, my <laughs> ear. Like, it was just come everywhere. Come everywhere. Diarrhea oh. sprayed. It was terrible. Uh, dude, it was... One of the, the dumbest things I've ever done, and I've done some dumb fucking things. Um, one of the dumbest things I ever did, because, well, no, I, you know what? Maybe an hour later, I was back drinking, so I was, <laughs> I was that. But there was that one hour was legitimately just. It's just it fucking hurts, and you can't breathe, and you can't catch your breath, and you can't swallow your own spit, and you. 
can't fucking open your eyes. You just, you're in pain. You feel like everything's going to just fucking, you feel like your toenails are going to shoot off your feet. It's just the worst. So you didn't feel like discussing pro wrestling for an no. hour after evening. You know? <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> I had all I could do to fucking blink my eyes. It was just dumb. Like, I, again, I had a couple, we had, you know, uh, we had a couple people over. Um, and we were like, this was before leave. This was, this was before I, 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 I stepped aside for a second. Um, cause we had people over and, uh, there's like a convenience store around, you know, a couple blocks away. And, uh, we got like, uh, all kinds of fucking snacks. So, and they, and they had it there and I was like, fuck it. I'm buying it. I'm getting it. Uh, and everybody was like, why would you do this? Why are you doing this? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to try it. And, and I did it. And why it was, would you do it not on a podcast? Like, what a missed opportunity for our listeners. <laughs> because honestly, if that, that podcast would just be me screaming and spraying diarrhea everywhere and, and having fucking so snot. So one of our more coherent episodes then. <laughs> right. Right. That would be the slug. Diarrhea. Um, no, it's, it's, it's not fun. Like, I, like, here's the thing. I get that like people do it as a gag and it's like a bit and blah, 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 blah. But like, why would you sell it at a, like a convenience store as, as if, I mean, it says it's very hot, extremely hot, blah, blah, blah. But there's five other bags that are doing the same thing, you know, saying extremely hot, whatever. And they're hot, but they're not, you know, this, like if anybody bought this with like a sandwich, <laughs> they would be fucking screwed. They'd be fucked. Um, and it comes in a coffin. I mean, not for nothing. You know, it fucking comes in a coffin. Ew, comes in a coffin. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, that's pretty gross. Or hot, depending on how you look at necrophilia. Um, okay, that's that. So, yeah, I did that. I forgot to tell you that. Um, I wanted to, I, the minute we stopped the last show, I was like, oh, I f- how did I forget to tell him? And uh, there you go. So that, there, there's another thing. Here's another thing. All right. Uh, what do you say we talk about some pro wrestling 20 minutes into a fucking podcast about pro wrestling? All right. Here's one for you. Fat Cat says, with AEW not an option, WWE unlikely. CM Punk is destined for New Japan. Can you two make a prediction on how Punk will completely destroy his relationship with New Japan and leave the company in a dumpster fire? <laughs> He's going to... How do you see? So you know, let's, let's fantasy put this. So he joins New Japan... Yep. And it all goes smoothly for, I don't know, 12 months or whatever. Yep. And where does the block come in? Is, is he having a, a fist fight backstage with uh, Taguchi? <laughs> like, who's he pissed off here? Who's, whose pets are getting caught up in the mix? Who's he burying on uh, live TV? Yeah. It's going to be a show at, uh, at Corkin, like a, just a throwaway show, like a six-man tag, you know, that he's involved in. Uh, and he's not, he, he might have to do a, a job to like fucking Yoshihashi or something like that. Right. And doesn't want to do it. So, uh, and he's grouchy and he's jet lagged and all that shit. And then, uh, he just becomes very unco- uncooperative. Let's put it that way. Uh, when Yoshihashi is in the way, ring, um, and Yoshihashi doesn't appreciate it either, but Yoshihashi feels, all right, I'm going to try and be professional about this. Yoshiashi tags out to Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto has once no part of of, of punk and uh, begins to really lay in some some fucking shots. And punk thinking, all right, well, I got to fight for my life. I'm going to take down Hiroki Goto, uh, and then it breaks down from there. It turns into a little bit of a shoot, 
in the ring. And then um and then that's it. How's that? And then he buries him. I'm into he, it. Yeah, yeah, he buries him on the mic. He gets in the mic and he says, This is bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> fucking I work with children. And then throws down the mic storms and he doesn't even he doesn't uh, go through the back he leaves right through and then he gets a he gets a uh uh some chicken fingers at, at the stand right behind there and a, and a beer and then he takes the elevator down and he walks he walks back to the uh, tokyo Dome hotel a, a non-alcoholic beer oh or, yeah or that's right. this ordeal with new japan pushed him to drink <laughs> yes. him into alcoholism. <laughs> he broke his sobriety uh yeah yeah, that's what it was. That's it. And he blames New Japan for for breaking his sobriety, making him drink. And then, yeah, I think it's pretty good, actually. I think I did a good job there. That is great. I was thinking someone like Master Watto, just like fucking sandbagging punk in the ring. <laughs> I'm not selling for this prick. <laughs> right. I'm not doing it. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a scenario. Well, there, well uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, Young Bucks, Omega, they're coming back, right? I saw that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a shame that we won't get the uh, Punk Tanahashi match. I think that would have been really good. Uh, there's plenty of, of of CM Punk matches I would have loved to have seen. Um, I liked his run. I thought I thought his run was good. I really did. I mean, obviously, it sparked a lot of interest and a lot of, uh, a lot of money to be had. But in the end of the day... Sabotage. It's a scorpion of the frog again, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It really is. It's. It's. What do you expect? Hey, uh, good news here, though. Fantastic oh. Mania's back. I don't know if you saw this. We've got uh, six dates to look forward to next year. Late February this time. Okay. Uh, so this will be starting twenty second of February. We've got dates on the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty eighth. Now, like. Fantastic Mania has previously been something I would hand wave, but now Fantastic Mania 2020 has this weirdly nostalgic place in my heart because that was sort of the last wrestling I was enjoying before the world completely went to shit. Mm -hmm. So I was watching that in my apartment in China, back when I had my two cats, before I had kids, watching, what was his name, Dolce Gardenia trying to kiss Shingo Takagi, and I have just strangely fond memories of that. So I associate... Uh, fantastic Amanda with uh, a happier time when uh, life was more simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think everybody who listens to the show or had listened to the show or whatever uh, knows I'm not the biggest fan of the Fantastic Mania, but I, I welcome it with open arms because A, um, it just means the doors are opening up to um, a lot of the guys from CMLL that we haven't seen before. Uh, and we're, let me take that back. We haven't seen in a while. So I like that. I do like the fact that it's somewhat comfortable in the sense of, okay, we're after the dome and we always have always have had it and it's back. So that's kind of nice to see, to get that ball rolling. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, those shows – especially like the last ones are really good. Like there's always a good match thrown in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I, I would say I'm excited with the news, but um, I welcome it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's, a, I think it's, 
I don't know. It feels right. It feels like a, 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 a an old sweatshirt that you would wear, an old hoodie that just fits right. And I think that's what it is right here. Nobody's been announced yet, yeah, though, right? It, no, no, it's too early for that. But it's like a, a fun show that you'd have on in the background while you're doing something else. You're not going to be Absolutely. like rubbing your hands. Oh, great! It's time for Fantastic Amelia. But I always have a good time when I watch it. There's always something funny or silly to come out of it that made me think, "Yeah, I'm glad I watched that. I had a good time." Like, a, yep. yeah, like like your analogy or like a silly friend you haven't seen for a long time. Right. Yep. Yep. Comfortable and and one where you can just pick up right where you left off. You know what I mean? Like you, you, I'm sure you have friends that are like that. Like you, just, you haven't seen them in years, but then, boom! The minute you get together, it's just like boop. You, you know, you just slide right, fucking right into that role, and away you go. So, yep, I'm into it. I guess, yeah. <laughs> that didn't sound very right. exciting, but I, I am. I, it is good news. Well. That's about as much enthusiasm as I could have hoped to have got from you for about a fantastic Mania. I'll take yeah. that. Uh, actually, I'm excited to see what uh, gimmick. Uh, quote unquote Mexican foods they're going to have a Coracle oh, Ball. I know. <laughs> they did that before, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, I can't even remember what it was. It was like a, a hot dog in a tortilla wrap. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something right. Like that. <laughs> right. Any try. Come on. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about the NJPW World TV Championship. Let's jump okay. straight in with uh, Ren Narita, who mm-hmm. defeated Tomohiro Ishii. 40 minutes, 33 seconds with the narrator special number four in front of a red hot cheering Coracle Hall crowd. Damon, this match gave me life. This was like a little taste of what made me fall in love with New Japan in the first place. And just the plaudits that this match has been getting from just people who are lapsed fans, you know, people who sort of stopped watching because they weren't interested in the product, they can deal with the clap crowds. But watch this and we're like, fuck yeah. I'm back for this. It, more of this, please. Are you are you fully on board the Red Red Hype train? Like, what did you think of this match? Oh, absolutely, I am. I thought the match was really fucking good, really great. It was refreshing. It was. Uh, it did feel. It did have a very you know mid two thousand you know two thousand seventeen two thousand sixteen vibe. Um, uh, Ishii, look. As much as it's weird because I think people try to look for criticism to, I don't know, just to just to get a take, a, a different take on people, right? So, again, the criticism might be of Ishii is that, you know, matches are the same and a little repetitive and blah, 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 blah. You know what? He's fucking awesome. <laughs> he really is fucking awesome. And what a, what a, perfect way that to reintroduce Renarita. Um it's just it's old but it's refreshing because it's a new face and it's exciting too because it's a it's it's I mean like you're getting that out of the gate from Renarita, you know? And and all the again, even if you take all the other stuff that he did on and I'll put in air quotes excursion. Just let's say you didn't even watch it. Like you're if you watch this match, you are excited for the future. Like that if if you're getting a a, a bunch of that I, I mean that's that's good news for the future. No fucking doubt. If anybody had any doubts of the future, like that's you know there there's 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 living proof 
that the future is bright. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think we've seen a lot of really good matches in the past three weeks all over the world, <laughs> but, you know, under the New Japan brand. And this is good, too. Excited crowd. And trust me, there was a there was a big part of me that was like, well, he's going to look good. Like, Ishii's going to make him look good. And um, but, he, you know, he, he's going to lose. Right. Nope. <laughs> you know, three count. And I was like, oh, wow. Here we go. Very good. So, yeah, I love the match, man. I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming you loved it, too, but I, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I think in with the shout for Max Lear, just, I mean, the match itself was great, but, and I've been saying Ren is great for years. Like, the moment he stepped foot in New Japan Strong, this was what, last January yeah. when he made his strong debut, and he beat Chris Dickinson. And as soon as he's, you know, he's beaten established names like that, I knew it was just like, well, this guy's going straight to the top. And he's more than just the Shibata clone. I mean, I get the, the, the sort of, references and the, the little shout outs and tributes to him which are intentional sure and you know it's good but he's he's not just a clone it's what he represents I think right. and that sort of hope for the future as you've been talking about and there's no one on the roster who's resting like him so like I said I've been saying for literally years now that you need to pay attention to Ren Narita. he is week in week out on strong having these sub 50 minute hard hitting absolute bangers and this is exactly what he's going to do on the main roster now. So just strap yourself in because it's going to be a wild ride. And I want to also give some props to Ishii. I mean, I spoke last week about how it was great to see him working with young guys like Yota Suji, the terrific match that they had at Royal Quest 2. And now more of that here with Renarita. So not necessarily saying that Ishii's career is winding down. You know, he's not automatically now a dad. But I think I personally enjoy seeing him in these kind of matches with the younger guys because he doesn't do it as often as I would like. And when he does do it, he's really, really good at making guys like Suji and Naita look very strong and uh, accentuating their strengths. So more of that, please. No doubt. I mean, he's been around the block um, consistently, consistently good and more often than not great. And now he's kind, I don't want to say in the twilight of his career, but that's, you know, uh, like, I don't want to say, you're right, like you said, I don't want to say he's like a new dad, but he's doing, I think he has enough stroke that if he said, no, I'm not doing that, I don't think many people will complain. But but here's the thing, it's just, it's just, it's, it's like a rite of passage. As much as, you know, as much as we praise the fact that they develop these young lions in a logical sense, they also know, and when I say they, the individual wrestlers know that, okay, and they might not necessarily agree with it at the, at the time, but like the fact that they consistently are okay with putting on over younger talent when the time is right, I think says a lot. Because honestly, you got to swallow a little bit of pride. You got to swallow a little bit of pride Um, and they're professional and it only helps the company in the long run. So, you know, the way, the way that Ishii puts over the the, the young talent um, and everybody like that, Yuji Nagata has done the same and, and Tenzan's done the same and Kojima's done the same. 
So uh, Goto has done the same. So I'm I'm very happy with. I don't know. I'm I'm happy in the, with the direction. I just wish, I just wish we were a little bit more focused. But again, there's many logistical nightmares or the reason for that. But, um, yeah, I got to I got to tip my cap to Ishi. I got to tip my cap to Ishi for doing what he did for that match. Now you haven't seen today's show and the the TV title tournament matches. Can I give spoilers for that, or would you rather remain unspoiled? Ah, uh, I mean. Give, give the spoilers because here's the problem. I don't want to hold back conversation, one. And two, um, you know, if people will probably have watched it by the time they listen to this. So go ahead. All right. Well, a very mild spoiler. Like, so obviously, Ren went on to have a match with Yano. I won't say the result, but I mean, it's Ren Narita versus Toriyano. But what, one, the minor spoiler I wanted to give was just the way that Ren has been presented. So Yano's coming out, making his entrance. He's barely stepped foot out of the curtain. And this is in that building, you know, the one that looks like an airport departure lounge. Love it. So, yeah, there's just coming down the aisle and Ren gets out of the ring, sprints up to him, just kicks him straight in the face. Like, doesn't <laughs> even let him enter the ring. So, that's, it. you know, the, I, I was hoping that he would squash him in 30 seconds. He didn't squash him in 30 seconds. They had a, you know, a, a yellow length match. But just, I, I just really like the way that Ren started off that match. So, again, just little signs there that, he is going to be something different on the roster, something to really look forward to. And uh, Andrew writes in and says, between the strong stuff and the Ishii match, has Ren Narita done enough to make the ballot for New Japan rest of the year? No. So, come on. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I mean, I've watched all this stuff and I've been high run of the most. And sort of going back, there's the Shibata match at Wrestle Kingdom. There's uh, Josh Barnett, Buddy Matthews, Jay Lethal, Rocky Romero. Those, uh, that quartet of matches on Strong were really good. There was a Chris Dickinson match that was good, a uh, uh, Carl Frederick singles match, the Juice Robinson match from uh, September that everyone was raving about. That was very, very good. But I don't think there's enough there for him to be on rest of the year ballot at the moment. Most improved? Most improved? I mean, he's he's been consistently good. Good already. Yeah. Well, well, during the whole year. I, I think, we'll put him on there. We'll, we'll put him on there, yeah. I think he deserves it because now I think, I think it's it's less a question of wow this guy's really improved, but that more like he's having a chance to show his stuff on the stage that we want him to be performing at against the wrestlers that we like seeing before. Because you know it's all well and good going out there having you know nice little matches with you know Carl Fredericks and Jay Lethal, but you know we want to see him against the the, the big hitters in the Japan-based New Japan roster, and that's what we're starting to see now. Right. Right. I mean, some of the shackles are being released from him. You know, it's it makes, you know, when you're getting the green light to do big time shit, you know, it, you're going to, it's going to look like an, an improvement. Like, but I, I kind of feel like he was already good, right? But he's, I, I, even, even so, I think this year he's, he's, he's going to be a, he's, he's going to be a star. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Like he's like, I know that we don't want to compare him to Shibata, but we're going to compare him to Shibata. <laughs> At least I am right now. Um, I mean, you're getting a young, fresh, not as banged up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's pretty good. You're getting a, you're getting a fresh guy who can kick some fucking ass in a ring. I like that. That's that's exciting for me. 
Uh, let's talk about this uh, Toriano versus Great Okan first round match. So Yellow mm-hmm. won in 11 minutes, 20 seconds. I mean, the match was whatever. I've got nothing to say about that. But of course, it was notable for the great Muta making a, a run in at the end and misting Great Okan in the face. And oh my goodness, Great Okan, just a guy who understands pro wrestling. He just gets it. Uh, you know, subsequent shows, Great Okan's turned up with bandages, green stained bandages wrapped around his face, just selling it like an absolute pro. So we do have this uh, six-man tag match lined up for historic crossover with Muta, Okada, and Yano against Great Okan, Cobb, and Hinare. And there's just more stuff to be intrigued about with Keiji Muto because uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi said, I think this was today, that Muto, quote-unquote, passed the assessment that Muto asked for and has invited mm-hmm. him to come to New Japan for one last big match. And also we've got the news coming out that... Muto is going to wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura in January for a Pro Wrestling Noah show, which I'm really excited about. I think that will be quite a spectacle. I mean, I don't know what the match will be like, but I'm certainly excited to see it. So, yeah, your thoughts on this uh, great Muto, Keiji Muto angle and where do you think it might end up in terms of a big singles match in New Japan. Because, I mean, he said that he's not going to do anything for Wrestle Kingdom because he says he can't do that volume of intense matches in, in such a short space of time. So I don't know if it's going to be something where he will wrestle, I don't know, maybe it will be a Hiroshi Tanahashi like later in January, not at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but, I mean, personally, I would love to see Great Muta against the Great Okan singles match. I mean, obviously a lot of smoke and mirrors, but just for the spectacle of it, that would be tremendous fun. It'd be, it would be, imagine those entrances if it were like a dome show, <laughs> Like they, I mean, and knowing that, you know, it is who it is, you know, the spectacular nature in which he has entered a ring before. I love it. Look, again, the guy's knees are shot. The guy's fucking hips are shot. He's still got. A t- like people know him and people are excited by him, <laughs> you know, it's to this day. They might not, you know, they know the name. Um, and again, I think Shinsuke can still go, if, you know, if, if given the tap. Um, I, I'm excited for the match. Like, and I, and I know this is not, you know, 1999 or, you know, but it's, it's, it, I think it'll be intriguing and fun and buzzworthy. Like, it's buzzworthy now. Uh, Okan and Muda, I would love. I would. I I think it would be so much fun. I think they could pull it off of the dome, right? It doesn't ha- – this is a match that doesn't have to be um, spectacular in – you know, you're not, you're not looking for stars here. You're looking for moments. And I think that match would deliver perfectly. Um, I think they could, they, could, they could pull it off. I, I hope it's at a dome. I hope it's at a big event. I hope it's at a bigger event just because I think the the, the spectacle of it will be well worth the, a big building, you know, with cheering fans. Yeah, uh, I'd be disappointed if it is just this six-man. I'd really want to see that as a singles match. And again, like you said, we're not in it for the work rate at this point. Like, Keiji Muto's retired for a reason. It's about the presentation. Like, we wouldn't be happy if Muto's like going clean over guys like, you know, Okada or Jay White, but having, you know, one off singles matches where it's all about, you know, the spectacle and the entrances and the moments, that's, that is exactly what we should be doing with K. 
Keiji Muto in his last run. So I hope we do get something there. Uh, but Michael CC says, if we could hypothetically get Shinsuke at Wrestle Kingdom for one match, which one would you want the most? Uh, the correct answer is Naito, by the way. Do you think there's any chance of Shinsuke Nakamura doing something for New Japan? Or is this just, you know, he's give, given this one-off match for no, which, you know, WWE have done before. They allowed the then Hido Itami slash Kenta to wrestle, I think it was Marafuji for no at one point. So they have done this before. You know, maybe we're going to get something with Keiji Muto appearing at the WWE Hall of Fame. So I wouldn't be holding my breath for Nakamura doing anything for New Japan. So I'll, I'll give you two questions then. One, do you think he will be allowed to do any New Japan work? And two, if he did in this hypothetical fantasy land, who would you like to see Nakamura wrestle? Yeah. The Here's the problem. I don't think uh, WWE considers Noah competition. You know? So the idea of him, Shinsuke, doing uh, a match for Noah is, I mean, that would be his first appearance since, what, 2016, 17, somewhere around, or maybe 18. Um, I don't think they, I, I, I think WWE thinks, and again, I'm, I'm speculating, that they're just not competition, it's not a big deal, and let him do that thing, get a payday, and go from there. It's not like they're using him in any big programs right now, from what I understand. Um, the idea, so so again, Noah having a relationship in any capacity with WWE, it might just be a one-off. Truth be told, it probably is a, a one-off. Um, and then with New Japan, I, I doubt it. I, I doubt WWE is going to have any type of relationship with WWE um, in the sense that, again, they – they are somewhat competition. Um, I mean, to a very look, if you're running shows in the United States, you're probably competition to WWE. Um, until that day comes for Noah, they're not going to be competition. Um, I, so I, I'm going to say, I think it's a less than 20% chance that Shinsuke Nakamura will be in a new Japan ring. Uh, under a WWE contract. Unless it does happen, who would be your dream opponent in New Japan for a hypothetical single Yeah. Um, you know who I think would be really good? Um, I'd like to see Osprey. Um, but I also think like a guy like Jay White would be really good too. Um, Naito would be good as well um i don't know if like you want to have tanahashi in there i don't i don't know if we need to see that again maybe i wouldn't have a problem with it uh yeah i, I would say will jay or naito i think ren would be a fun match actually Ooh, just having the yeah. you know, king of strong style against the Son of Strong Star. Yeah, if we're fun. going there, yeah. Smack each other a lot. I like that. I mean, that, that's a nice, you know, that's a nice spot for Ren as well, you know? Do you think he would get a win? Do you think he, do you uh, think Shinsuke no, puts him over? No, I, I, no, I don't. No, I don't no. think that would be, that kind of thing's probably too early. Oh, Jesus Christ, Arsenal, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> a bit early <laughs> in the career for Ren. So I'll put that one on ice for now because I will talk to you about 
predictions for this TV title tournament. But uh, I'll just touch on some matches from... So this was Thursday at Corrigan Ball. So you haven't seen these matches, David, but uh, we had Evil defeating Yoshihashi in 9 minutes 48 seconds with the Evil. So Evil advances to the semi-finals. And Arameta asks, is Yoshihashi Evil's best rivalry? And it's very, very close. It's either him or Zach. And Evil and Zach, they've got this brilliant chemistry together where Zach has just got Evil's number and always seems to catch him with flash pins and frustrates him. So seeing them wrestle each other in the semi-finals is going to be a lot of fun. But it was just great to see that the Yoshihashi Evil feud has a bit more story to it, a bit more bad blood. There's a bit more sort of passion and intensity and emotion in it. So Mm -hmm. it was really great to see them finally wrestle each other in front of a cheering crowd. And again, it's good to see kind of proof of concept that this evil house of torture, whatever, does work in front of a cheering crowd. Like the Japanese fans are into it and it's just, it really comes to life in an environment where they are allowed to be booed and not just polite applause. So yeah, I enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, The main event was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating David Finley. 30 minutes, three seconds with the jackknife pin. Now, you know, we threw flowers at Ren versus Ishii, and rightly so, but this one was as good, maybe a bit better than that match. It was really tremendous. Like the the speed and the technical precision, the execution in this match, they did some really great sequences. And I mean, for me, this has kind of solidified me doing a bit of a U-turn on David Finley because I assumed he was out the door. But now I've seen him having real sort of higher top level matches with guys like Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay, and now Zach Sabre Jr. And he's a guy who, to me, David Finley, he's proved he can hang at the you know the top table in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can plug him in with anyone, give him that tap on the shoulder, and he will give you the, the high quality main event of the standard that you would expect from a New Japan Pro Wrestling main event. So I hope he sticks around. And I would love to see him sort of plug into a feud with somewhat uh, a Japanese wrestler because it seems he's sort of mainly getting stuff against other Westerners at the moment, which I understand, but sort of moving forward, I would love to see more from him. And Zach, wow. I mean, he just looks so much more muscular than he did a year, two years ago. Yeah. Not only that, but he is cutting promos, switching from English to Japanese almost flawlessly. He seems way more confident using Japanese the fans absolutely adore him. He had the fans in the palm of his hand. You, you watch this match, David. You hear the post-match promo when he's doing his stuff in the ring. The fans adore this guy. And it's making me think, what is he missing for him to be IWGP champion material? Because he's packing on the size now. Wrestling quality is unquestionably you know, the, the, the right standard that we want from a person who would be worthy of holding that title. And now he's got that crowd connection as well. He's able to cut the promos in dual language. What what do we need to see from Zach for us to say champion? It's a great question. Um, you know, a, a lot of the guys that we talk about that they have earmarked for that level of of, of the company, the telltale sign is them packing on some additional muscle, isn't it? Like Will and Kenny and, you know, a lot of guy, a lot of those guys that just need that little bump, you know, they, 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 pardon the, pardon the pun, but they just need a little, little, little more, uh, 
a little more uh, muscle, if you will. Now, I'm not saying anything wacky's going on, right? People can can get in shape and people can put on extra pounds and all, but uh, what's missing? I don't. You know what it is, and I, I was going to say it just his the company getting behind him is what's missing. And I and but even with that said, like this is a guy who went through and not pinfall wins, submission wins in that New Japan Cup, and went through you know the Mount Rushmore at the time of New Japan. So I don't know what, what more could they do, right? I mean, he's already a, a, a threat to everybody, you know? It, it, I don't know if it's anything he's missing. Like, what What would he be, what, at this point, what, what would he possibly be missing? Like, he's embracing the language, which is a, you know, a decent deal. Uh, work rate is never in, in question. Interviews are always entertaining. Uh, Loyalty as well. The fact that he stuck with the company through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And lived there. Um, I, you know what? He just needs. You could give him the title. You could give him the title. It's just a matter of New Japan presenting him in that light. That's that's. I mean, I, I'm going to be being brutally honest. I if you could come up with the one thing that he's missing, and I'm struggling with it. Like, what is he missing? Nothing, nothing, except you know. Again, and and he's and he's changing that. He's he's changing his body to fit that mental dynamic. I don't think there's much of anything, dude. I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's much of anything. Yeah, so just seeing this Finley match and the post-match stuff really changed my thinking on him because I always thought, you know, he's a, a top guy, but a challenger, not a champion. But after seeing this, I thought, you know what? I think he ticks all the boxes. I think he's he deserves a run. And not deserves like, oh, you know, sort of the gold watch kind of run. I think he's a guy who could take that ball and run with it and, and be a great champion for this company. He's, he, he hasn't had a singles see. title, right? Correct. Which is insane when you think about it. Is it is insane. Yeah. I mean, he's had you know, the Rev Pro stuff and blah, blah, blah. And rah, 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 rah. Tag. Yeah, that's insane. Intercontinental title would have been perfect for this. Right. That's it, Here's my point. Okay. So let's, let's, let's fucking air it out now. You got nonsense with this fucking Carl Anderson never title work shoot bullshit. Like who cares? Like why? Why is the never title this fucking toilet paper belt now? Like it's like, and why is Zach? You know, it's like head scratcher. Yeah, that, but that's why. See, but that's why we have all these fucking toilet paper belts and and titles. Like that intercontinental title, man. That meant something. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 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 crying over something that was, you know, two years ago, but that that's why that belt was important. Like Zach could have easily held that title for a while, and now it's like we have all the we have the world title, and all these fucking fucking nonsense titles, 
and, 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 and titles that don't have to be nonsense. Make them important. They're not important anymore. Is the U.S. title important, Joel? Well, I would say the U.S. title has sort of slid into that role that the IC title was fulfilling, which is a, a singles title for main event guys who are not in the IWGP title scene to feud over. So, I mean, I'm really excited for the uh, Will Ospreay against Naito match. So yeah. just more stuff like that, you know, the more they're putting on matches like that, like I thought Osprey versus Finley was really good for that belt. Just it, it's all about the booking. Like if they continue to book it and make it seem like a big deal, which I think they're doing now, to be fair, then I, I'll accept it. But it's just like we kind of just reshuffle things around. So the US belt is the new IC title. Right. The the Never title is the new IC uh, US title. So sort of the superfluous singles title that you put on ice and you don't see it for like six months at a time. And now it seems like the TV title is going to take the role of the Never title for, you know, guys who normally wouldn't get a bit of shine where you have these shorter, hard-hitting matches. So we're getting the same stuff just with different badges on it, really. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. It's, that makes sense. Um, I know that you, you've been you've been hyped on the TV title tournament itself. What do you think of the TV title concept and uh, the actual title? Concept I love the 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 actual aesthetics of the title. I don't love it, but I mean, who cares? The, the stuff like whether or not a title looks nice—that's something that people will argue about for like a week, and then everyone gets used to it and forgets about it. Like no one talks about the IWGP World Title and the aesthetics of that anymore. I woke so up this morning and I was like, me, Cheryl, that that title is still ugly. <laughs> <laughs> After everything we've been through, I just want to let you know that's yeah. still constant. Stinks. I get it. I'm sorry. No, that's it. I, I like the concept. Um, well, let's talk about this uh, title. Then. So Dr. Gary says, is the English commentary delay hurting the free everywhere idea of the TV title? Assuming the point is to grow the global audience, the delay slash spoiler situation seems counterintuitive. Do you think that's an issue? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of the, of the question. Too many. There, there were too many big words there. What All right. Mean? So basically, and I, and this, I'm taking that as disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gimmick of the title is that it's it's on free TV. Like anyone can watch it. So, for example, the uh, Ren versus Ishii match finished. And then very shortly, that match was up on New Japan World for free. Anyone could watch it. I was sharing it on Twitter. And a lot of people who don't have subscriptions to New Japan World were able to watch it. So okay. the idea is this is the title where you can ha- have like, oh, you know, check out this amazing 30-minute match between X and Y. It's free. Anyone can watch it. So... That I think is that's that's what we're using as sort of little break props to try and win back lapsed fans. So in theory, yeah, great. And I mean, I don't have a problem with watching it in Japanese. I don't really think that's a huge barrier. I, I don't think you necessarily need the wonderful commentary of uh, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton to understand this, you know, the, the story of Ren and Ishii beating the shit out of each other. So right. like personally, I don't think it's a huge barrier to entry. I think if the match has got enough hype, then people could watch it for free and enjoy it and be excited about it. I didn't see anyone watching the you know the link that I was up on New Japan World, which was Japanese commentary, and saying, oh, well, this would have been better if we had English commentary. English commentary is a bonus, but I don't think it's a necessity. I don't think the lack of immediate English commentary on these matches are, are going to be an obstacle for it. And I mean, I don't think it's going to be an issue going forward. I think going forward, we will have uh, immediate English commentary because it's likely to be defended at, at big shows. Right. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I look. I if the the draw will be great matches, right? If 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 we're trying to get fans back, one. You could go the Noah style and say, okay, let's get a name that everybody recognizes and, you know, everybody can get two names everybody recognizes and, you know, the idea of that match is good. Or um, your roster will work their ass off and have great matches and and draw people in that way. Um, and I think at the beginning, the people who watch New Japan, by and large, they while they enjoy the English commentary, it's not a necessity, right? The people who are sticking around for this are not going to fall off because a great match just has Japanese commentary, right? Again, English helps um, for a Western audience. Sure, absolutely, no doubt. And, and the job that Chris and Kevin and Gino and Carino in the past and you know, whoever. Whoever's behind that mic, it helps. Yes. But Leap it, Laddie Poffo. <laughs> oh, remember that. Oh, the Poet Laureate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That, <laughs> that was a moment. The champion of the British. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to, um? who was the other guy that they would bring in um, every once in a while? When Kevin needed a break, um, he was from Canada. He did. Uh, it's Mark Warzeka, who was really good. I remember enjoying his work. Mark, but then, then there was another guy. Ah, he follows us. Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I'm in pain. I work with children. Right, I know. <laughs> I know who you mean, and it's it's annoying me as well. Right. All right, we'll, have, we'll get it in the middle of the show. Yeah, scroll through our followers. <laughs> Dave Meltzer. Yeah, so <laughs> 6,000. <laughs> Eugene Nagano. Oh, that's Shingo. really going to annoy me. El Fantasma. Okay, well, let me throw a question at you while I try and find okay. it. So, uh, Shrubby Shrubby says, assuming huh? the TV title final is Zach versus Narita, hmm. do you see more value in putting the title on Ren straight away or having him chase for a little while? Uh, um, I mean, let's go for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's go for it. Mavs, Mavs Gillis, Mavs. That's him. Sorry, Mavs. No disrespect. No disrespect intended. Um, just, we're just old, and you know. Um, I I have no problem giving him a belt. Let's do it. What the fuck? You know. I'm fine with it. Let's give him the belt. Let's make it. Let's 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 have some fun. Agreed. Uh, what else? Okay. So, so big picture question. Daryl says you're New Japan and your young roster includes Ren, Uebra, Suji, Shota, Coglin, Connors, etc. Okay. At what point do you graduate Goto, Ishii, Yujiro, Farley to dad status and retire Nagata, Tenzan, Tiger Master, etc. And why Gato fifty three and Jado fifty four still better workers than so many. I mean, it does feel like we that there is a, a big change coming. There's yes. like a wave coming when the when we get those guys. You know, those guys match us. We got Ren back. You know, when Weber is back and Shota and Suji and Coglin Connors, all those guys mentioned. It does feel like things are going to change. There's going to be a sea change in New Japan, and I think it's going to have a, a big shock wave throughout the product. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that's right around the corner. I mean, that's all that is right around the corner, and it's good because it's fresh and it's new and it's and and here's what that does. And and while it's it's somewhat risky, it has to happen. Like you have to bring in new, like the top Okada or you know when Okada and Tanahashi and uh, even Goto and Yuji Nagata was kind of you know on a downward downward trend, like that time period. That was a that was a decent amount of time ago, right? Like you have to keep freshness and you have to keep building new audiences with people that can relate to those particular characters. And, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like music where like a band 15 years ago might've been, you know, everyone's favorite, but now, you know, they get older and the kids are coming along and like, well, no, that's old music. I like this now. And and I, while it's depressing to be the one that's being <laughs> the shit that you like is being pushed aside, that's that's the way the world fucking works, uh, pro wrestling included. So, yeah, I mean that's happening, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. And yes, there are going to be times when you know guys that you, I mean, look at Ishii. Look at Ishii right now. I think I think Ishii is is yeah. Go, go to Ishii. They've already started that process. Yeah. They? I mean, those, those specifically those two guys are already in that mode. Um, Tiger Mask as well. Um, I mean, look. When was the last time you saw? Sorry, fuck- sorry. T- yeah. Tiger Mask was holding a New Japan title not yeah. too long ago with right. flying tigers with Robbie Eagles. Right, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. But okay, okay. But okay. When was the last time you saw Tiger Mask? Uh, to be fair, he could have wrestled on the show I watched today. <laughs> <Fast forward. laughs> oh, <forgot> <laughs> Good point. Good, but, that, but there you go. Um, I think that there, that like that transition is, is where we haven't we haven't jumped into the deep end of the pool yet, and and the ones that are shocking, you know, you'd be like, oh my god, this guy is now in dad status. Um, but it's happening, and, and it's happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah, today's show. Fourth match, Alex Zane, Tiger Mask, David Finley defeated the team of Takamichi Loki Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. So there you go. Tiger Mask, a big, big part of this New Japan roster, playing a crucial <laughs> role right now. My bad. My, the disrespect of Tiger Mask. Right. Uh, let's talk about the night before Rumble on 44th Street, a Halloween Ooh. special. So okay. this was at the Palladium Times Square. It was a, a mystery vortex show, David. Now, you watched this one. So... Yeah. Um, before we actually get into the talking about the matches of the show itself, Multiverse A says, first, I hope everything is the best it can be for Damon. Uh, second, what were your thoughts on the production of the NYC shows? Were there improvements over previous US shows or are there still areas they need to get better at? And Dr. Poodle Papa says, would you rather wait two weeks for a good show to show up on demand or pay $21 to watch a house show with big names, trash production values and poor audio mixing live? So what did you think of the actual production of these shows? Again, people, I, I I do a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast along with the great Joel. It looked minor league, right? It did. It just. Agreed. It looked like it looked like a show at a fucking club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, it, it did. It looked really bad. Just it did, and it wasn't anything about the. I mean, the production. It wasn't great. I mean, it did not have the sort of 
the crisp uh, professional camera work that we are used to. No. But yeah, it did, it did look like these huge stars, you know, Okada and Jay White were wrestling in a nightclub. Okay, it really did. Being filmed by amateurs. But yeah, on, on iPhones. Um, but I was like, the stream worked, the stream didn't die, so I could watch the whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> that's a plus, right? Well, you're in New York. I mean, I mean, <laughs> if you can't transmit a signal in New York, and although I have heard of trouble before, remember that Hammerstein show that couldn't get off the fucking ground? <laughs> um, yeah, just, I don't know. Aesthetically, I was kind of like, oh, and here's the thing too. Like, I, I love the idea of like, oh, we're in New York City, the fucking Big Apple and blah, blah, blah. That could have been in a fucking warehouse in Iowa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, who would know? Unless you're wrestling in Times Square, who gives a fuck? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it was what it was. And here's the thing, too. Both these shows. Man, did they bring in the Northeast indie talent? <laughs> Holy shit. I was like. Okay, there are New Japan pro wrestlers on this show, but there are also fucking, well, I know Devin Storm. We used to wrestle him all the time. Uh, and you know, when he was working with Dennis and all the New Jersey independents, so I, fucking, I was like, ah, oh, Devin Storm. Fantastic. I was at his, some kind of graduation party. Like he was like a physical therapist or something. That's what he wanted to be. Um. And he graduated, and I was at his party. Was he by the crowbar name at that point, or was it? No, no, no. He had, he had. No, he was. He was making a name on the indies. Like he would wrestle guys who, you know, were you know, he would wrestle like Rocco Rock or you know Sabu, or he would wrestle you know, like he was the independent guy that people trusted, and then he would do jobs for like WWF TV. So he was like a guy that people trusted and could work, and then I think he's. He got a. Did he start at ECW first? He might have, like the tail end of ECW, and then uh, WCW signed him because they were signing everybody. Um, but yeah, yeah, we wrestled him for years on on Independence. Um, he's a good guy, very good guy. But I, I like, I was just like, holy shit, okay, he's there. Uh, but yeah, but they brought in a lot of guys. Anybody who could take a train, like like Wheelie Utah, like he lives in Philly, he's gonna take the fucking. Northeast Express right up the fucking Penn Station. Yeah, great. Um, and then there were other uh, uh, indie guys that were, you know, New Jersey indie guys that were in and around there. Um, what was it? Andrew uh, says, are you buying smiley stocks? <laughs> I'm not, no stonks for me. No. Uh, but who was it? What, the Spanish announced team. Yeah, that's right. Um, they're, they're local in the area. So, um Whatever. Who cares? Smiley. What was it? Mighty Monte. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So all the, the, the big names from House of Glory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> House of Glory. YouTube has supercard that we've been really demanding. <laughs> right. So that kind of was like, I don't know. I had people offer me tickets and like just everything that was going on. I was just, I just can't do it. I was like, I appreciate it, but I, I just can't get, get there. Um, I mean, look, there were New Japan big names there but there were also this feeling of boy they really filled out this fucking card with uh non new japan people and i don't know i don't know if that's a if that's a good thing or not 
It was fun. It was a fun show. I mean, it's a, as far as a mystery vortex show goes, I think this is about what I was expecting. Had some fun moments. I mean, I like their little vignette with Forever Hooligans. I, I don't know if that was supposed to be like Twin Peaks style, but that was... Oh, oh, where I was in therapy? And oh, yes, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the goal! Yay! Okay, 2-0. Okay, I can breathe now. Oh, Reese Nelson, nice. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty fun show. Uh, I thought the Miro Suzuki Tracy Williams match was better than I expected it to be. I thought uh, Suzuki gave him quite a lot there. Uh, I did, did not enjoy the Shingo against Jake something. That was a not not a brilliant match, but I mean the main event was fun, wasn't it? That sort of the twelve man elimination matches with, with some interesting names in there. Yo sticking out a sore thumb. Like when they were doing that line up, you're like Okada, yes, John Boxley, yes, Eddie Kingston, yes. Amazing ring, yes. Homicide, yeah. Yo, what? Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. I know. Yeah, I, I. I'll be honest. I was a little bit surprised seeing Juice. Um, it's just with everything that's going back and forth with him being New Japan, him signing with ECW or ECW, Jesus Christ, uh, with uh, AEW, and I don't know. I just thought that was a. Uh, Odd to say the least. Um, I just didn't know where he was fitting in, but obviously fitting in on a show in the US is right up his alley. Well, let's touch on that then. So basically, this is with you signing to AW. Can you guys describe your emotions around the idea of Lifeblood 2.0? Have you mentioned it to your therapists or loved ones? So for those who don't know, so this was a uh, a faction that appeared in ROH. I think it was 2019. So there was Juice, uh, Bandido, Finley. Mark Haskins, Tracy Williams, and I think Tennille Dashwood was their, oh my God, their, yeah. their promo person. So I, I looked them up on the Pro Wrestling Wiki because I couldn't remember what they actually did as a unit. So this is the entry from the Pro Wrestling Wiki. Lifeblood debuted as early as January 12th, 2019 during the ROH TV tapings. Defeated the team with Donald Castle, Flip Gordon, Jay Lethal, Jeff Cobb, and Jonathan Gresham. That's it. <laughs> That's all the information <laughs> that we have on Lifeblood. That, that was the, the subtotal of their achievements. So, Isn't it amazing uh, I mean, how people remembered shit like that? Like, I would never remember that, but yet somebody, there's somebody that's like, oh, I've been waiting seven years for a, a bloodline joke. <laughs> able to fucking cash in. Lifebloods, David. Get Life the blood, that's what did I say? Uh, who cares? Lifeblood. Shut up. Uh, how, are you, how are you feeling about uh, Juice signing with AW? I mean, it's not a surprise. I think that's a, a better fit for him, given you know his uh, relationship status and where he lives and his sort of dissatisfaction with going over to New Japan and doing clap crowds and whatnot. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I mean, I'm sure he will still continue to work for New Japan. I mean, they'll get him for stronger US shows and stuff, but I wouldn't sort of rule out him sort of appearing at the odd show in Japan, maybe. But uh, it's it's a shame because I was quite keen on the rock hard Juice Robinson gimmick. So, yeah, I don't... Do I think it's going to work out from AEW? I can't see him being like AEW champion or anything. I, I worry he will get lost in the shuffle there. But yeah, I'm, I'm sad to see him not working New Japan as, as often as I would like. Yeah. Oh, he scored again. Well, there you go. Three up. All right. Look at you. You're so proud. You're pumping your chest. Cannons the going league. off. What Top of the league, huh? Look. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled for you. Uh, Juice. Look. Um... I don't think there's any any doubt that life is much easier for Juice now with his uh, partner in the same company, uh, able to travel together and 
Come on. Of course he's going to go to AEW. Why wouldn't he? TV, steady schedule, staying in the States. Yeah. Um, what that means for New Japan, again, I think is exactly what we're saying. You know, he'll work these house show U.S. shows, but, mm, you know, tag matches and shit like that. In AEW, I think he's a, I think he could be decent. Like, I, I think if they did something with him, they, they, I think he could do well. I do. And even if he's just, I don't know if he can or he can't. Like, could he, can he still use Bullet Club stuff? Like, there's no Bullet Club in, you know, there's no mention of Bullet Club in AEW, is there? I don't think there is. Um, no, I don't think that's a good question, actually, because he, after he said he wasn't affiliated with New Japan anymore, I think that very same day he was making an appearance on, I think it was Dynamite, where he was, you know, had all the New Japan and Bullet Club stuff on his entrance. So it'll be interesting to sort of watch that going forward if that disappears. Right. I mean, I think that's a that is that is what people should be looking at. Like, if if he shows up with no Bullet Club gear, I mean, that's New Japan basically saying, eh, you ain't fucking doing that. Um, you don't own that. <laughs> we do. Um, so that's going to be the key. And and to me, until he gets that that email saying, please don't use Bullet Club stuff anymore, um, there is still a relationship. How about that? Like the day he comes out without it is the day you know that that New Japan Pro Wrestling connection is is I don't want to say done, but you know use very sparingly. So that that's going to be the key. All right, let's move on to Roblon Forty Fourth Street, which was uh, Friday, October twenty eighth at the Palladium, uh, nine hundred eighty two sellouts. Mm. So the first match was. House of Torture making their US debut. So Show and Yudro defeating the team of Yo and Rocky Romero. So I think the most notable thing about this was, of course, Leo Rush making a surprise appearance there. And it looks like he and Yo are going to be teaming up for Super Junior Tag League. So how are you feeling about Leo Rush in New Japan and the Leo team up? I'm cool with it. I Like I said, I think he is spectacular. I like the gimmick, the moth thing. Uh, I think if given the opportunity, he usually shines. The problem is, is that, you know, just reliability. Like, how much are you going to invest in Leo Rush if, you know, two months later he's, you know, needs to take time off? That's 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 the biggest challenge I have with him is the fact that, you know, if you're going to invest something in him, which I have no problem with, um, there needs to be certainty of a, of a of a commitment from him. And I don't know what other – it doesn't feel like he has a ton of other options. I don't want to say he's burned bridges. Certainly not. But again, it, it is that reliability factor. Um, are you in or you're out? And if he's in, I'm all in. If he's out, what, what, what are you going to do? How, you know, you don't want to invest too much in that. You, you've got another fucking Carl Anderson situation. Um, but I like him, and I'm I'm totally cool with him making appearances and and being in the mix. Just just 
we need to make sure that the commitment is there. Uh, also, we had Alex Coglin making a return here, cutting a really weird, insane promo, and declaring that he's returning and he's going to be taking part in World Tag League. So, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'm excited to see him getting a chance in Japan and intrigued to see who he's going to be teaming up with. I think he's the kind of guy who I could see getting over really well with the Japanese fans. Yeah. Oh, just what a brilliant goal. Four? Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it's four, but it's a player that I don't like who's done it. Okay, listen, you got four. Who do you care? What do you care who scores? Do you care who scores? Alex Coglin. Uh, Alex Coglin. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, there's a player called Thomas Partey who there were some really horrible uh, rape allegations against him. Oh, so God. it's hard for me. I, I can't cheer for, for anything that he does in good conscience anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> sorry to bring the, the, the vibe <laughs> of the show down. Uh, Alex Coglin, how excited are you about Alex Coglin? Who do you think he's going to team with, Damon? Oh, uh, I was going to do a terrible, a terrible, I guess, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do the joke. Okay. I'm going to do the bit and I, and just let it sit there and stink up the joint. You ready? Well, he's the Android, so he'll probably team up with a fucking iPhone or something. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's a good joke. That's, that's sort of tapping into my my dad's sense of humor. So I'll give you that one. Stunk. Oh, I it was in my head, and it was like right. It was right in the back of my throat, ready to come out. And I was like, "You don't don't do this. <laughs> don't 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 say this. Terrible. What a shit bag I am. Um, who does he tag with? How about?" Um, who would he tag with? You think it's, you think it would be somebody from? You no, know, no, no. He's he's going to, he's going to be the Hanare to Tanahashi. You know what I mean? Like he's going to tag with somebody. Yeah, I was going to say Tanahashi actually. Yeah, maybe either Tanahashi or somebody of that ilk, um, just to be the guy to lie down. So. Tanahashi's not a bad one. Tanahashi's not a bad one. Uh, what else we got here? So we had a New Japan strong openweight tag team title match where we, we had the Motor City Machine Guns defeating Aussie Open and Kevin Knight at the DKC. So a surprise title change there. I thought this was a good match. It was fun. Uh, and, you know, with these two really experienced, well-decorated tag teams, Machine Guns and Aussie Open, I thought Kevin Knight really came out of this with stock rising. You know, I've been talking about how great he is for a very long time and like a real blue chip prospect there. But for him to shine so much in a match with such big established names in, I thought it was no small feat there. So let's throw some flowers at Kevin Knight and also talk about what's going on now with these titles. So Daniel says, with Aussie Open dropping the titles, do you think they win World Tag League and have a rematch with FDR Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, so yeah, how did you enjoy this uh, strong overweight tag team title match? Um, I liked it, but I really hate when titles change in like three way dance type matches. I just I'm never a fan of it, but um, it does feel like it does open up Aussie Open. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they challenge FTR in Osaka? Am I it? Uh, no, they don't. So. No. For this Osaka show, we have 
I think both teams are announced to have matches, but not against each other. Okay. Well, maybe we're holding off on it, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe we're setting something up in Osaka. Who knows? It felt like that was going to happen. Okay. But it does feel like we're trying to uh, take Aussie Open to a new level, right? And having those titles might not be the best move. Um, I guess the only other thing that I'm a little bit like on is the fact that I would prefer these titles being on tag teams that are up and coming, right? De- let, like, let, like, let's develop our own stars as opposed to giving it to a tag team who has been around the block a few times. Um, like if, like, if, like if you gave it to DKC and Kevin Knight, I would have been probably happier just because we're, we're doing our best to put over our talent. Um, but it was a good match. I liked the match. Um, sometimes they get a little too much going on, but yeah, I like the match. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of titles being changed in three ways and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, you raise a good point. It will be interesting to see who uh, Motor City Machine Guns pass it on to. If they're just sort of trading it with those open, then I think... Mm. But if they are using it to put over a young up-and-coming tag team, on New Japan Strong, then yeah, I'll reserve judgment on that. So we'll wait and see where that one goes. We had a New Japan Strong Openweight title match with Fred Rosser, the champion, successfully defending against Jonathan Gresham. So I thought this was a good match. It was interesting sort of stars clash with the sort of power, the hard hitting of elbows and forearms of Fred Rosser against the sort of technical submission based stuff of Jonathan Gresham. But it had a bit of a weird ending with those sort of goofy-looking, clubbing, back-and-forth forearms of Fred Rosser leading into the Emerald Frosian finish. So when that finished, I was just like, what? Was that it? So it kind of ended a bit flatly, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I like Jonathan Gresham a lot. I don't know. I I, I think tight is, the, is his only drawback. Like, he's just, you know. But, you know, that's kind of part of his gimmick in the sense of, you know, I don't want to say he's the short equivalent of Zack Sabre Jr., but, uh, you know, I, I like him. I like him a lot. I wish – I don't know. I feel like he's one of those guys that – and I hate saying deserve, but I feel like he's one of those guys that – I don't know. There's a – you could do a lot more with him, I would think. But – He's just one of those guys that kind of seem to float around a lot. And I don't know what's going on in, in his life to to not be locked down to a company, but I like him. I like him a lot. So we had a six-man tag team match. Homicide, Shota Umano, and Wheeler Yuta defeating Team Filthy, Giraffe Nelson, Royce Isaacs, and Tom Lawler. Okay, well, there's my answer then. I think Notice City Machine Guns should be dropping those titles to West Coast Wrecking Crew at some point. But uh, yeah, this match, I don't have a huge amount to say. But Shota Umino, where where do you stand on him right now? Are you seeing a guy who you think is ready to be plugged back into the main roster and set for superstardom? I do. Um, and again, I I'm I might be more hyped for Ren Narita right now just because of what we saw. But I think if you put him in, in a singles match and let him shine, he more than fine. Um, he's got... He's got everything, I think. I mean, and look, let's put it this way. He is 
good in everything, and he's great in presence and. I think there's still more ring stuff that needs to be ironed out. But yeah, I think to me, he's, we could, we could pop him in and, and not lose, <laughs> be very comfortable having him in a prominent spot in a year or two. Absolutely. Uh, forgive me. I forget who it was. He said this, but someone on my discord had a really good idea of having show to Umino be the guy who is just sort of, handed these amazing opportunities like gift wrapped on a silver platter but Ren has got to be the guy who's got to fight and scrap for everything and sort of building up a sort of long-term rivalry between the pair of them based on their treatment like that so that would be quite a cool idea I think yeah. uh, we also had a singles match with Minoru Suzuki defeat Clark Connors uh, Clark Connors being called by none other than Ken Shamrock so sort of tapping into the Pancrase law between Shamrock and Suzuki now I you know I kind of take the piss out of these Suzuki matches a bit because he does tend to do these US tours and he'll pop up and have the same match everywhere where he's pulling funny faces and doing chops and got a star prior driver and here we go, where's my money? But uh, this way exceeded my expectations. I thought this was great. Like my favourite match of the, the weekend and I thought Clark looked tremendous here, even in defeat. I just think there's a real sort of energy and passion that he brings and he showed that same fire when he got his opportunity at Forbidden Door that just having him as this kind of underdog, fiery baby face really brings out the best of him. And there were just a couple of moments where he had like a counters and, and transitions and answers for the Suzuki stuff that I thought, oh, he's going to get him, he's going to get him here. But he did manage it in the end. But I just thought it's a real tremendous performance by Clark Connors here. And, and Suzuki gave him a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this match, yeah, it might be my favorite of the weekend. It might very well be. And and here's the, the weird thing, too. Don't you think that it's easy to hand wave the idea of Ken Shamrock being there? And, and like, I think that added to the match, one. And I think, two, it added yes. to Clark Connors being a, a legitimate opponent, right? It, for, you know, it, it did give that little special and, and, Many times, things where you bring out the legend in the corner doesn't necessarily pan out. Um, I thought they did it right. I really liked the idea of that um, and, and giving Clark Connors a little bit of a rub with Ken Shamrock. Like I, I did enjoy that, and I thought the match was good. Um, yeah, you're right. Suzuki does that formulatic U.S. match. Um, and he's got that down to a science. But this was a little different, um, a little bit more... A little bit more exciting. And I think, like I said, I think the Ken Shamrock thing, in this case, helped a lot with Clark being viewed as a legitimate opponent. Uh, then we had the SWA Undisputed World Women's Title Match with Mayu Iwatani defeating Kylie King. I'd forgotten that I actually saw Mayu Iwatani wrestling at uh, MSG in that Super Guard of Honor show against uh, who was it? Kelly Klein. Jesus, what a match that was. Uh, so I've got some crib notes here from Welkie, our Stardom correspondent. So this title is the Stardom World Alliance. That's the acronym. So it was created as a collective title from several promotions during Star- Stardom's European tour years ago. There was a stipulation about who the champion could defend against, but it was changed very quickly to simply the challenger needs to have a different nationality than the champion. So, for example, Japanese person cannot defend against a Japanese person. So that's what oh. sets the title apart in stardom. So during the pandemic, the champion was Suri, who is half Filipino. So the stipulation was changed. 
that she's defending as a Filipino, not Japanese, so the title did not have to go fully dormant. So that stipulation was used before Bushiro purchased as the simplest way to uh, give any random foreigner a title shot, basically, or was used for a foreigner to be pushed, like a, a Tony Storm or Viper or B Priestley or Jamie Hayter, who all held the title. So uh, there we go. That was a SWA like title match. So, yeah. I kind of like Thank that. You're welcome. We appreciate it. I think it's a creative, a creative way to, you know, kind of force your hand into having different opponents. I like that a lot. I like that concept. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Good job. And then we had the New Japan uh, King of Pro Wrestling title, uh, New York City Street Fight. So Shingo Takagi defeated El Fantasmo in 20 minutes, 59 seconds. Not my favorite kind of match, no. these these club matches. Uh, I thought it had its moments. There were some cool spots, uh, some spectacular spots, but just the pacing felt a bit off. It felt like they were kind of building to a crescendo, but then it just kept going and going and going and kind of missed that sweet spot where I thought it, it had naturally built up to be an exciting climax and it just went on a bit too long for my taste. I, I just don't like these kind of matches, really. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I was thrilled with this. Um, a little disappointing, um, considering who was in the ring. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of them either. Um, I think, I think the idea of what that street fight could be, and again, I hate to go back to old style wrestling, but I think a street fight could be a lot more entertaining if it was constructed in an old. And again, I hate to use a. Like like an old mid south UWF Memphis style, get in the ring, street clothes, taped fists, and let's go. As opposed to what many people might consider like hit me with objects, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was fine. I mean, it just it did. I, it's not not like a bad taste in my mouth, but it was just kind of like mm. this is a perfect example of a match where the stipulations hurt the the. Uh, what might be the quality of the match on paper. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been a last man standing match. I'll be thankful for small mercies. At the very least, I think it sort of solidified ELP as a, a serious heavyweight, if if that was not already the case in your mind. So that was that. Uh, the main event was a special tag match with Jay White and Juice Robinson defeating Kazuchika Okada and Eddie Kingston. So Jay pinned Eddie after 20 minutes with the Blade Runner. So, <coughs> excuse me. Got a very dry throat. Uh, oh. My big takeaway from this match was uh, uh, Eddie Kingston has been a guy I. It's taken me a while to come round on him. I've been a bit cooler on him than most, but now I think I get him. And just the, the strength of his promos and this sort of King's Road tribute style that he's doing. I came away from this thinking I really want to see a Jay White Eddie Kingston singles match. And I don't necessarily know or care which promotion. I just think their chemistry that they had together with sort of Jay White being the sort of slithery, cowardly guy who, you know, it's almost like he would rather be wrestling with Okada than, you know, taking the, the big shots from Eddie Kingston. I thought they told that story really well in the ring. And yeah, I came away with this, really wanted to see that as a singles match. I like Eddie King Kingston. I, I know that that I've mentioned it before. Like he's been around this area for a long time and seen him in m many uh, promotions, Shikara and probably CZW I think I've seen them other independents. Um what is New Japan's obsession with using him? 
And what is New Japan's, not only him, but it's like him, all those North Jersey, New York, Staten Island, you know, homicide and, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, uh, who, who else was, who was on the show, the, the tag team. I just fucking forgot. SATs. I forget. Um, they really do like using that local talent with these shows to save money. Oh, fuck. Um, I thought the match was fine. You know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, did you think, I don't want to say that. What do I want to say? This felt like to me, four guys that are going to give you a paint by numbers, we're all stars tag team match. In a sense of, I know we're, I know that the the idea of you know Okada and Jay White in the in the same ring, and even now Eddie Kingston and and possibly Jay White in the same ring, is what we're we're trying to do. I guess here's my point: Are we using Eddie Kingston as a guy to put over our talent, or are we are are we using him as a guy who is um, that New Japan has plans for? Because he's on what feels like a ton of East coast <laughs> and even not even East coast. Like he's everywhere <laughs> on these new Japan US shows. Like he's not going to leave AEW. I mean, he's got a sweet gig there, but like, like wow. what are you Japan getting out of it? Like you, I would like to see him maybe putting over a, a young up and cover from the new Japan full-time roster. I would love it too, but I don't think you're going to see that. Um, I don't know. I just think it's, I think this, this show was weird. These two shows were weird. Like they were new Japan shows, but be honest. Did that feel, did, 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 did those shows feel like a new Japan show? No, no, no. it really didn't. It didn't. I don't know. It just, um. And again, when I, every time I see Eddie Kingston on top, or I see Homicide, or I see you know other people that they'll just bring in because I know they're bringing them in, and they're and they're good wrestlers, but they're bringing them in because they could save money. I don't know. Just they just don't feel like fucking New Japan shows. They really don't. They feel like good independent pro wrestling shows. Um, I don't know. I just there's something about it that. Sticks in my crawl, and I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just felt, I felt somewhat disappointed in the main event. I really did. I felt, I don't know why. I do know why, but I don't want to say. I'll say, I don't give a fuck. It just felt like these were guys that were going to give you the spots and give you shit that enough to they, like they, they what am I trying to say Joel Joel what am I trying to say I'm trying to say that this this was felt like a so they phoned it in basically they, this was a bunch of super well 
half of, half of them were superstars wrestling in a, a three digit crowd in right. what looked like a nightclub and they looked like they couldn't really be bothered. Thank you. That's thank you. Well done. I was at a loss for words. Well done. I agree. Uh, how about, uh, yeah, anything more on that? Uh, no. <laughs> you want to bury them a bit, a bit more? <laughs> Did I bury it? I don't know. I just, I, I look. Nah, right. I, I think that was fair. That was accurate. And I agree with you. I, okay. I did actually finish the main event. I went back to watch it uh, about an hour before we recorded. And just like, eh, okay. Right. I was trying to find an angle. My angle was, I'd like to see Jay White versus Eddie Kingston. I have nothing nice to say about the match itself. Right. Exactly. Like, like I, sometimes when you do countless shows and you get, like matches like this, like what are you gonna say? You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to come come give you something, but I'm 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 trying to speak from my heart and say this is what, this is when I took away from this. That's what I took away from it. So there you go. Five nil. Edgar's just scored. Wow! Great. Great podcast. Excellent. Uh, Daniel yeah. says after the match with Suzuki, how does the idea of Connors in Suzuki good sound? I want to be surprised if we don't see a lot of Suzuki in the, in the near future. I mean, if if everything that we we talk about, I think in 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 the concept of it might still be around for a little bit, but you got to figure Suzuki's going bye bye in the next year or two, right? Um, is that is that something that we? Yeah, as long as he can still pull funny faces and exchange <laughs> shots, he is going to be going for it as long as he bloody well likes, my friend. That's a good point. That's a good point. If anybody's, you know, if there are promoters willing to write a check, yeah, you know, he'll stick around. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel that they'll be around much longer. And that's not a pastrami sandwich. That's just me speculating. But between Suzuki and Zach, and what could be for in the future for Zach and. Um, you would think Kanemaru might be, you know, kind of looking to looking to ride off into the sunset, possibly. Tai Chi doing, you know, I don't know. I just think that that might be the case. Two years, you might. Yeah, it's not it's be like Suzuki going in name only at this point. Correct. There's not really much Suzuki about it at all. No, it really doesn't feel like it at all. And that's Suzuki, and that's fine. I mean, actually, now you actually he feels like weirdly disconnected from them as a unit, doesn't he? Like I when I think of Suzuki, I think him doing these like tours of US Indies. I don't think about him as part of the faction with guys like Doki and Zach and Taichi and Kanemaru and, and the like. I will give him credit though. Like it's it's quite like you're getting singles matches from him. It's not you don't you're not getting a lot of tags. Every once in a while, he'll tag with like um, I don't know Lance Archer here or whatever. But when he comes over, he's it's usually in a singles match. So I I will give him credit for that. You know, like, 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 no matter what you think of the matches themselves, like he's going out there and and doing it. Um, so it's not like he's taking a back seat in a tag yeah. match, or you know. But right, because okay. if you're in a tag match, you can sort of share out the proportion of funny faces, so you don't have to strain <laughs> right. your facial muscles to do all the funny faces yourself. Exactly. You know how exhausting it is constantly coming up with funny faces, Joel. It's not easy. He's a pro. There was a, a great bit in the match where. Uh, there were some really annoying people in the crowd and someone was trying something. He <laughs> tried like, you fucked up or something. And then Suzuki just sort of turned, turned his head to look really disapproving and then just sort of shushed him. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> that really tapped into my sort of teacher spirit there. 
That's exactly what I would do. One of my kids talks at a term. I just sort of look at them, let her hang in the air for a bit, and they'd just be like, shh, (laughs) quiet. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's preview this uh, show we have at Eddie and Arena. I'm looking forward to this one. So this is Saturday, November 5th at the Osaka Prefecture Gym. So it's not a cheering event, but, you know, the Osaka crowd don't really give a fuck at this point. So I'm sure there'll be some noise. So we have a IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Bushi and Titan challenging TJP and Francesco Akira. Do you think they're going to switch the titles up here? No, but what a fucking match that's going to be. <laughs> right? I think that's... Yeah, that I think they've done a really good job making the, the Junior Tag Division feel a lot fresher now. We're, first of all, having TJP and Akira having this reign and now also putting Titan and Bushi in there. I, I think this would be a really good match. I'm looking forward to this. I, I think I, I think that match on paper sounds delicious. Um, yep, oh, oh, I think short sprint, perfect, perfect. I'm excited for this one. Okay, uh, these matches are in no particular order. The card has not been finalized yet, so I'm assuming this will be the main event: IWGP US Heavyweight Championship match with champion Will Ospreay, third defense against the challenger Tetsuya Naito. So this is an interesting one because. It puts the loser in a, a sort of weird spot for as much as what are they going to be doing at Wrestle Kingdom. So I think Osprey's going to retain, and I'm still sort of holding the hope that we might get Osprey against uh, Kenneth Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. I thought that would be a lot of fun. But uh, it would leave me sort of scratching my head thinking what Naito's going to be up to. But uh, either way, I mean, I think the match is going to be great. I thought it was a, a brilliant Brilliant match they had at the uh, G1 Climax semi-finals, and again, I just still find it really strange that they are, you know, burning this match within half a year when I thought it was one of the money matches they were building up to. But it's going to be really good anyway, uh, and I think Osprey is probably going to retain. I think so too. Um, and again, keep in mind, don't worry about Naito; he'll just show up in the ring and challenge somebody. <laughs> that's, that's how New Japan works. Um, Three way. For the uh, heavyweight title, the uh, I think in this day and age, like the idea of them holding on to something, I think they're they're a little gun shy. Like they they I feel like they are going to if they can get it, you know, in a building of reasonable size and a show of reasonable stature, then they're going to go for it. Um, if Will does win, I think that brings the idea and the concept of Will and Kenny at the Dome a little bit closer to reality. Um, so if you're rooting for that, then you're rooting for Will at this point to win this match. Naito, I mean, look, he's going to land on his feet somehow. I just hope it's not just shoehorning him into some fucking title picture. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're in November here, kids. <laughs> that's, you know, that's it, times. The clock is running on, on what we're going to do with Naito at this point. Um, I don't know what you do with him. I don't know where he lands. Don't know. I, I, that's, that is a great question. Unless again, somebody else is coming in like that would be an ideal scenario. Somebody else is coming in that they have in their pocket for a, a big singles match with him. Um, other than that, like, I, what do you do with him? What do you, what, what are you going to do with him? 
<laughs> I have no idea. None. I not. I mean, there were more creative people listening to this show than me, but I don't know what the fuck you do with him. You know, if he if he loses, you would again. You would think it, they have somebody in their pocket. I really hope there is something planned because have we scored a sixth, or has that been ruled out? Uh, so I think you know. I hate to say this, but I do wonder how many Wrestle Kingdoms we've got left in a healthy Tetsuya Naito. So I wouldn't want to be squandering them. But uh, anyway, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'll say uh, zero because he's not healthy. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I say healthy with a, a, doing a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, let's move on to the Never Openweight Championship match, which at the moment is still listed as the machine gun, Carl Anderson, defending against the challenger, Hikuleo. David, I can't be bothered to talk about this anymore. It's it's boring. I don't want to give it the oxygen of publicity because I've got zero interest in the angle or in seeing the Carl Anderson uh, wrestling for New Japan anymore after what he shat out against Tanahashi. But uh, I will say in New Japan, to New Japan's credit, that they have plugged in uh, a vastly superior wrestler as a backup in case uh, Carl Anderson doesn't show up. So... I'm kind of hoping that he, he doesn't show up so we do get treated to this uh, much uh, improved singles match, which would be Hikolo against Yujiro Takahashi. So let's go Yujiro. Uh, <laughs> any f- thoughts from you about this? Uh, oh. You're interested in it, how you think it's going to play out? Oh, boy. I'm waiting two weeks for this. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know who in New Japan needs to hear this. Uh, and I'm sure it'll get filtered down to that person who is going to make decisions. Maybe, maybe not. What is the advantage and what is the game for New Japan even remotely uh, giving the okay or the thought of an okay on this particular angle? Carl Anderson is absolutely 100% irrelevant to anyone (laughs) watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. I need to be very clear on that. He is a zero factor in moving the needle. So you give this guy this title. um, And this might be something that was agreed upon before. Maybe, probably. Who knows where he's getting signed and he's going to show up on WWE TV and all of that while still holding the title. Just like, so we're going to, like the idea is to do this angle and continue to use him or we're going to fly him in to come in and force him to defend this title. So if it's an angle that everybody is in on, it's no one cares. Trust me, no one cares. Okay. If it's not an angle or part of it is not an angle or there's threads of it not being an angle, just strip him of the fucking title and let's just be done with this. Like, Honestly, he's not worth the airfare that you're spending to bring him over. Not. 
Look, I, I will defend them in as much as I think what they're doing at the moment is better than just stripping him. I think at least what they're doing at the moment is, you know, giving Hikaleo some shine. What I object to is them putting the belt on him in the first place. Well, yes, stupid. absolutely. Like what? Like all you're do- all you're doing is devaluing your title again, giving it to a guy who that no one cares about. No one fucking cares. Yeah, no one likes this. No one has said, "Oh, this is good. I'm excited for this." Right. No one's buying a ticket to see Carl Anderson. He has a. This is a guy who, quite honestly, has lived off of that fucking G one run. And how long ago was that? It's just a decade. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like again, so e- either side of the coin, if it's a, if if they're they're working this brother, no one cares. If it's not, just strip them of the fucking title. Um, who cares? Like I and here's the thing too. You you said all right, we're we're putting more shine on Hikaleo. Are we? How is this helping him? Like he's going to win the title. Fine, give him the title. But yeah, I'd rather. I he's not worth the airfare that you're spending to bring him over. And the fact that there is even remotely an effort to make people care about this is preposterous at this point. You have so much talent on that roster. You have so much talent on that roster that you can't give that never title to anyone. Anyone. And now, let alone have to go through this dumb work shoot fucking angle thing that's honestly no one could give a flying fuck about. Come on, guys. Wake the fuck up. What are we doing? It's Every once in a while, you get these glimmers of hope and then you get this shit that's like what do you, what are we doing with this we we just i don't know we just feel mickey mouse with this angle i don't, i don't know whatever i look whatever it's it's going to end in a couple days right in a couple days we're going to laugh about this and that's going to be that so fuck that well what i i think is most likely going to happen is Carl Anderson's not going to show up. They're going to, you know, they'll do something with Hikolo standing in the ring and say, waiting and saying, okay, you know, you've got 10 seconds to make out here and he doesn't come out. And they say, okay, Carl Anderson is stripped of the title. And then Udro will come out. So they'll say, okay, we're going to have a, a, a match for the vacant title here. Hikolo gets Udro. Hikolo can squash Udro, you know, absolutely batter him two minutes. Then maybe we'll get a little video package sent in from Carl saying, oh, you know, if you want the real title, you're going to have to face it at Wrestle Kingdom, blah, blah, blah. And then we do Hikaleo and Carl. Do you Wrestle really Kingdom. think they're going to fly him not- in to, uh, for Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, I do. Oh, fuck me. Really? <laughs> Look, there's got to be a piss break somewhere. It's, it's a one night show. You know, we're not doing two nights again. Uh, again, I don't, you're flying The people guy need in. to pee, David. What? People need to pee? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Fly us in. Fly, fly me and Joel in. Okay. And I we'll guarantee- do a grappling exhibition yes. for ten minutes. Yes, for ten. We'll do a grappling exhibition. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and I promise you, we'll put in more effort than Carl Anderson in the ring. I promise you. We might die trying, 
but we will give you the effort worthy of a, of a Wrestle Kingdom appearance. How about that? How about that? Fucking unbelievable. I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no just because I need something to live for. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I'm just going to say After no. After the week you've had, you can't face Carl Anderson having another singles match in New Japan. That would be the last straw. <laughs> that's, 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 that would be the last straw. The, the, the two weeks that I've had have been so awful that if I haven't – I'm on thin ice here, kids. If I have Carl Anderson showing up at the Dome, I, I we might need to find a new host. Oh, David on his knees praying for Ujiro to come out. <laughs> you have no idea. No idea. All, All right. right. All right. We also have uh, the incredible tag match. So it's going to be some kind of combination of – I don't know if these are the actual teams. I think it might be Watto and Ishimori against Despi and Hiramu. I don't know if that's confirmed as the two teams, but just like, you know, a little – preview match here for the, the four-way Wrestle Kingdom. Nothing really to say about that. Uh, we will have our semi-finals for the TV tournament. So I'm just going to say what they are because I think we need to preview them. So yeah, sure. it will be uh, Ren Narita against Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. against Evil. So, you know, when these brackets first came out, I did say I think the play might be Ren versus Evil at Wrestle Kingdom for, in the tournament finals where Ren could be the guy to, you know, uh, really bait evil into bringing back LIJ, brawling evil, you know, they get all the House of Torture shenanigans and Dick Togo out of the way and then the last five minutes, evil and Ren could just hit each other really hard and then Ren goes over and everyone's happy uh, but also I could see Ren versus Zack being uh, a really good final as well because obviously the Shibata connection there, that would be very interesting but I'm kind of leading towards Ren versus Evil, but they're going to troll us and do Sonata versus Evil for the final, aren't they? <laughs> you know what? <sighs> yeah, they're going to do Sonata Evil. You think you think Sonata's losing to Ren? Oh, I don't know when you say it like that, I mean, I know Ren's beaten Ishii and he's beaten Yano, but. I mean, being Sonata, I know, you know, people don't really think a lot of Sonata, but him being Sonata in a singles match would be massive. Pretty big, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can't see it. I'm scared now. I'm scared of the two evil Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom again. Oh, and we're, I don't know if we're getting great energy. The one one fleeting thing that people are interested in the New Japan, they're just going to put a fucking pillow over its face and kill it. (laughs) Kill it stone cold dead. You think Sonata's taking those kicks? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no way have you seen the state of him recently Sonata? he looks like boris johnson with his hair it's all <laughs> he's a mess totally out of control i you know what know what i find fucking hilarious is again he's a, a an attractive man from uh you know however you however you slice it but Boy, he does. He's a, he's a guy that does everything in his power to make himself uglier than him. You know what I mean? Like he does not lean into the fact that he is an attractive guy. He leans into the fact that I'm going to do things to my face that would, you know, put me down a couple of fucking pegs. Sabotage, sabotage. Yeah, has it? Well, really I does. I think. Imagine being into it. And he would- no good. <laughs> If he, was, if he had like a, a good haircut and you know a, a nice beard yeah. or shaved his face, then you know men and women would be throwing themselves at him as he went down the street. So that, yeah. that's probably why he did it. It was get, getting inconvenient. 
yeah, he was just getting so uh, he was just getting, getting harassed by women everywhere he went. So he had to say, "All right, I need I need to do something." You know, yeah. No, he, he's just imagine being so attractive that you have to do things to sabotage that. <laughs> oh, imagine that! Holy moly! Well, that's what I did. Yeah, I said, I "You know what happens?" <laughs> yeah, let me put on let me put on some weight, lose my hair. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it, Joel. I, I was fighting women off with with, with a stick. <sighs> All right, enough of the dreams. Uh, we also have uh, Aussie Open in action with unconfirmed opponents, and FTR also announced with unconfirmed opponents. So, I mean, like, well, I don't know. I'm just thinking, who could they plug in here? Could it be? No, it couldn't be Dangerous Techers because Zach is wrestling in the semifinals. Uh, right. It could be Bishamon, Goto Yoshihashi. I mean, I just see these as setup matches. Maybe, I don't know if we're plugging one or, or both of these teams in World Tag League. I would be stunned if FTR are in World Tag League. Aussie Open, I think, probably should be. So we could put in like, I don't know, yeah, but Bishamon, Goto Yoshihashi, Aussie Open could, you know, not squash them, but have a, a convincing win just to give them the... Momentum. Can I can I ask a question here? Why are we hiding who is the wrestling? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, what's the point? Isn't it? Unless it's something special. Like, why would like? um, I hate to say it, but I think people watch it be somebody fucking just out of the you know Brian Daniel, (laughs) Um, Holy Demon Army. (laughs) Right, 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 right. It's a fucking Jake Lee and um. But like, I, I, you know, you're going to be disappointed in this, right? You know, you know, the idea of making it. Okay. We don't know who these guys are going to wrestle. Uh, is going to turn into fucking, you know, yo and, <laughs> and Watto, <laughs> right? Ugh. Tiger mask. He's got nothing to do. Yeah, I, mean, I just see these as sort of showcase matches for both of these teams to get wins, convincing wins in front of the Japanese crowds. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's about it, really. You know what? Uh, have them so, together. Have them yeah. together. Have them wrestle and just make it like a no contest. Right? Like, that's a time where you could do a no contest, and I don't think anybody would, would, would be upset. You know what I mean? A time limit draw. Do a time limit draw. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thank you. Do it. Thank you. Uh, what, what did you think of the Royal Quest match they had? Oh, spectacular! That was that. That might be my favorite match uh, in a long time since maybe G One, right? Um, unbelievably great. And again, the crowd helped. Everything helped. I I, I think those two have great chemistry. Uh, they have to do that match at Wrestle Kingdom. They have to do that match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I, I, they, they'd be dumb not to. Like that's that's money on the table. Like that's. See, here's the thing. Like that, we were all worried about that match, and having the shelf life, and having you know, New Japan get that show up. People, people were were into it in the sense of they waited to, for that thing to go, and and. People watched it and were just like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, it, this was great. Um, and I was worried that it was just going to get pushed underneath the carpet and nobody was going to see it and blah, blah, blah. No, I think it's got enough buzz that people are going out of their way to catch it. Um, but yeah, that's that's 
that's a money match to me. Um, why don't they just put them together in the, on this show again? Have it have it be a time limit and and a, and a spectacular match so that you're looking forward to you know round three. All right, well, let me ask you this. Uh, Will says, after following New Japan totally for five years, my interest has been waning since the G1 ended. At the moment, who's over? What storylines are compelling? And what are you, Damon McDonald, what are you excited about in New Japan? I'm excited for the future. I'm ex- I definitely am excited for this crop that, that are, if not here, they're, they're right around the corner. Um, so it is a little bit of a rebuild, um, but that's exciting to me. I think I'm. Uh, I am excited about a tag belt situation, even though we haven't seen a lot of FTR. the The talent is there, and if we're including Aussie Open in the mix, which I've loved for years, awesome. If we want to include in in some capacity Ocon and Cobb, if we want to include other people coming in, um. I'm I'm excited at the possibilities of uh, furthering a relationship with AEW. Um, I'm excited about <sighs> Osprey and TV title Omega. No, I'm not. I'm not too excited about the TV title. I'm just uh, like I. I I don't think this company needs another title. I just don't. Um, what else am I excited for? Excited. Uh, that's that's what I'm excited for. Those are those are the things I'm. And here's the thing too. It's November. Wrestle Kingdom is always good. Speculating on what we might see, who's going to show, who's not going to show. I am. I'm excited for Ocon and. Um, Muda, the idea of that angle, I like. I I think that's perfect. Um, I tell you what, I, I'm excited for World Tag League. I think we're going to get a lot of fresh faces in mm. the, the World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League. A lot of strong representation. If you are a strong, yes. If you're a strong watcher and strong enjoyer like myself, I think we're going to be eating big. Mm. What are you going to be eating? Uh, beef. Lots of beef. Uh, what kind of beef? Pastrami. Ah, the salted, smoked kind. Mm, peppery. Mm. Uh, so what you're saying is, is that you're looking forward to some pastrami sandwiches, some strong pastrami sandwiches, right? Very much so, David. Right. And I don't know. I, I guess they will announce those lineups maybe at the editing show. But yeah, that's something I am looking forward to. I would agree. I would, I would put that on my list as well. Uh, all right, then. Uh, let's. I will quickly give my thoughts on Strong. I've not seen today's episode of Strong. I'll just talk about last week's one. So this was, uh, we saw Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs, West Coast Wrecking Crew, defeating Greg Sharp and Jacob Austin Young in six minutes. Uh, I, I really like this team of Greg Sharp and Jacob Austin Young. I, I talked about uh, Jacob Austin Young and I thought the, the terrific match he had with Red Narrator. It wasn't given a huge amount to do in this match, and I think we are setting up West Coast Wrecking Crew as possible challengers for Motor City Machine Guns in the not too distant future. And I think they should win those titles because I really like West Coast Wrecking Crew. Uh, second match, we had Yuya Uemura defeat Christopher Daniels in nine minutes, 48 seconds by a roll-up. So it was a you know classic story here with uh, Uemura and Daniels teaming up for the strong tag 
title tournament and then they lost it in the finals and the Daniels attacked whoever after the bell was like, oh, you know, this rookie has cost me my chance of winning gold here. And that led into a feud between them and whoever just sort of sneak in the win here. But then Christopher Daniels did a big beat down afterwards. So, I mean, I assume this would have been the spot that Carl Fredericks was going to get because uh, it was going to be, I believe, Fredericks and Daniels uh, initially to beat this tournament. But now whoever has got that. So I think this was him just being written off of strong. So he said on Twitter, uh, something like, bye-bye New Japan, New Year, whoever it is available. And I I mean, I asked around, the impression I got was, you know, that's just his strong write-off. So he's going to go work at Impact. And along with Impact, he could take additional US indie bookings. So that's the way I interpreted it. I don't see this as whoever is quitting New Japan. Like That would be unprecedented for a you know, highly rated young lad to go out on excursion and then just decide that he didn't want to come back in the middle of excursion. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened before. So uh, I don't think anyone has any need to panic where whoever is concerned. And then the main event was Shingo Takagi defeating Rocky Romero in 50 minutes, 49 seconds with Last of the Dragon. This was really good. I would, I would definitely recommend people going out of their way to find this because uh, we don't often see serious, pissed off Rocky. Well, when we do, it's always a treat. And... I think we forget sometimes that he's actually a really fucking good pro wrestler. And he showed it again in this Shingo match. And, you know, Rocky is a guy who's usually, you know, leads into the comedy, the happy-go-lucky stuff, a lot of tag stuff. But when you see him in a singles match like this, where he's getting fired up and, you know, trading big slaps and getting angry, I always find that as a big treat. I, I like it when pro wrestlers have different gears that they can go into and show different facets of their personality and uh, this was a great example of it. So, yeah, wonderful episode of Strong here. I, I talked about him. I thought this was a really good one. So, there we go. That is New Japan Strong. And that is it for the Super Jcast. Oh. Thank you very much, David. My pleasure. I, it's, uh, it was good to get back in and good talking to you. Love it, as always. Um, and, uh, yep, I'm thrilled to get back in the boat, if you will. Right. Wonderful to have you back. Uh, I've been what a pleasure it's been. We've got over two hours here. It's I know. By. I mean, twenty minutes of it was bullshit, but okay. What <laughs> <laughs> the people? What the people come for, David? All right, uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we always appreciate that. Discord link you can get by sending me a direct message on Twitter at cobra kawaii at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast for our great t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at Lounge219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.